Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You've had a child with a relentlessly difficult, toxic person, one of those people that I call hijackles, and you can't know what to do. How do I help the child? Do I tell them what's going on with their other parent? Do I not tell them? How do I support them? What do I say? What are they experiencing? How do I make up the deficit? All of these important things we're going to discuss today. So stay tuned. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome back to Save Your Sanity. I'm delighted you're here. If this is a returning time for you, I'm glad you found value and came back. And if you're brand new, welcome. So glad you found me. Today, we're going to talk about something so important. I know it's on the top of many of my clients' minds, and uh, it's something that I get asked questions about all the time. And that is, when you have a child with a hijackal, a relentlessly difficult, toxic person, then you are watching what that hijackal is doing. And you watch your child and you want to know what to do. How do I help the child? I'm not liking what they're doing to me. I'm not liking what they're doing to the child. So we're going to talk about that. And you know, I've addressed so many things here on Save Your Sanity, and I do it so that you can always find something that will help you in the situation in which you find yourself. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I really invite you to support it by going to patreon.com slash save your sanity. A dollar, two dollars, five dollars a month makes a big difference to getting the website out and the not ju- not just the website, and get the podcast out. So I invite you to go there, patreon.com slash save your sanity. And to save your sanity, you want to be able to help your child. And what's that child going through when they have a hijackal parent? Well, they want to bond with both parents. That's instinctive. That's what they want to do. They're biologically prepared to do that. They want to bond with both parents, but they want to bond with the same sex parent in a different way. They have DNA of both parents, so they are definitely recognizing the need to have both parents. Children look for validation. They look to their parents to tell them that they're welcome, that they are glad they're here, that they matter, that they are taken care of, that the parents want to support the child in the best way possible. They look to the parent to tell them who they are. They look to the parent to define them. They look to the parent for validation. And they're watching. They're always watching. Even tiny babies are watching. They're listening. They're sensing. 
as a tiny, tiny person, you are just a bundle of nerve endings watching, figuring out, how do I survive here? How do I keep them happy? Do they come when I cry? Do they laugh when I smile? How do I get them to do what I need them to do so I can survive? All of those things. And when you have a hijackal parent for the child, the child is very important to the hijackal parent in the beginning because look what I made. Look what I did. Isn't this wonderful? And then the child becomes a person, a little person who maybe doesn't laugh when the hijackal parent is trying to impress them. Maybe the child doesn't give the hijackal what they want. The hijackal doesn't care how young this child is. The hijackal wants the attention the hijackal wants, right? You understand that. So they will do things. They will dismiss the child. They will not spend time with the child. They will put the child down. They will give the child every indication that you do it my way or I won't give you any attention. And then they will randomly reinforce the child. So the child does something that makes the parent happy, the hijackal parent happy. They get reinforced for it. The next time they do it, the hijackal parent's in a different mood. They don't get reinforced for it. The child gets very, very confused and then becomes more anxious about how to please the hijackal parent. And there you are, the other parent. And you are watching that the hijackal wants this kind of bonding with the child. And you may be concerned that you're getting cut out of the equation. Maybe you're losing time with the child because the hijackal wants to take over the child, to teach the child to behave in ways that the hijackal approves of. Or maybe you lose as the child gets older, you're afraid you're going to lose the child's respect because the hijackal is always putting you down in front of the child. And the child is picking all this up. The child is seeing the dynamic. So how can you get your child to see the damaging patterns that are going? What age is it appropriate to do that? What can you possibly say? What's the healthy thing to do? Should you point out the behaviors? Or is that an alienating behavior? By pointing out the situation, are you actually alienating the child against the parent, the hijackal parent? Well, you know a hijackal is going to jump all over that in a nanosecond because you are, of course, not going to win this battle. So it's a very difficult situation, a delicate situation. And then personally, how do you deal with your own laws? You don't want another hijackal to deal with, so you don't want the child to become one, but you recognize that they're already mimicking some of those behaviors in order to get recognition and validation from the hijackal parent. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is how to prepare yourself, regardless of the child, regardless of the hijackal parent. So this is really important. Do your own work. You know, many times when clients come to see me, how do I fix this? How do I fix this? How do I fix the other person? And I understand how very desperately they want answers to that, and we do get to that. But the first question I ask is, well, who are you being in this equation? And that's the important part, because you need to empower and clarify what's going on within you. 
So the first thing that I would invite you to look at when you have this difficult, difficult situation where you can see your child being influenced by a hijackal parent is that you do need to be you. You need to be present. You need to be fully present in the moment. I know that's really hard to do when you're feeling anxious, but be here now, as Ram Dass used to say, be open, be listening, be in the moment, not in the past. And don't come with a blaming attitude. I know that's hard too, but don't come with a blaming attitude, even though you're angry, even though you're upset, even though you feel it's unfair. But do come with your boundaries intact. You need to know what's okay with you, what's not okay with you. You need to have communication skills where you can speak about it. You don't bend just to get the hijackal off your back. You set boundaries. Boundaries have consequences. Consequences happen. They're not threats. You have to learn to set boundaries and maintain them express them and maintain them. And if there is a consequence, make sure that it happens. The child is watching. Own your thoughts, own your feelings. Very important. You know, in my book, Kaizen for Couples, K-A-I-Z-E-N for Couples, I talk about the most important communication tool I've ever developed. It's called the Personal Weather Report. Number one thing to do, everybody, is master the Personal Weather Report. You'll find it in Chapters 6 and 7 in Kaizen for Couples. Very effective way to communicate that will give you the greatest chance of getting your message across without upsetting the other humans in your life. You need to be able to express your desire for a healthy, equitable, reciprocal, mutual relationship. You need to be able to engender that. It's not going to happen with a hijackal, but you have to be working in that direction. You have to be going in that direction yourself. And you need to, as I said, hold those boundaries because you don't want to, you don't want to have anything phony going on. You don't want to be silly in gratitude just because they showed you a little interest. You don't want to be fawning all over them and trying to get a hijackal's attention. Children are watching all of this. So who you are makes a big difference. And the hijackals may just want something and hope you'll be so happy that you'll give it to them because it will make them happy. And then they will dismiss you because they got what they wanted. You don't want your children to be watching those behaviors and children are watching. Now, why do hijackals have children? Well, it's not because they love kids. Hijackal parents have children, so they'll have a built-in supply where they will have someone they can for sure have power over. They can have someone they can make demands of. They can have someone that they can reject. They have a built-in sense of power with no checks and balances. It's their home. It's their child. And they resent the other parent's influence in that equation. They resent the fact that you may have some power, that the child may love you, that the child may go to you when they're hurt or in pain. Of course they are. They're not going to get anything from the hijackal parent. And so the hijackal parent may resent you and that will become a difficulty because the child realizes early on, emotionally, not cognitively, 
that it's the child's job to provide a positive reflection of the parent and to be in service to that hijackal parent. Children pick this up. Like I said, they're a bundle of nerve endings and emotions. They're watching. They're sensing. They pick it up and they recognize, okay, to this hijackal, I am supposed to be a positive reflection of them and be in service to them. And when I do that, things are better. And it takes a child a long time to figure out that the parent was not right and that the parent was emotionally abusive. Some kids don't ever figure it out long into adulthood. And then they're embarrassed and they don't heal the relationship with the other parent. I'm sorry, but it happens. But it's important to understand that as a child gets away from home, there's a good chance that they will see healthy relationships or healthier relationships, and they will realize what happened, that there was emotional abuse from the hijackal parents. Because kids live with anxiety, the anxiety of trying to please the hijackal parent and be the mirror that the hijackal parent needs. That's a lot of anxiety. That's a big job, way too big a job for a child. It makes a child lose their childhood in order to try and please an adult. And if they don't do it, if they don't be a mirror to the parent and be in service to the hijackal parent, there's a continuous punishment and rejection and silent treatment and lack of validation. You've probably watched that happen. And the kid feels that that unpredictability of the parent, and they recognize that the parent can change on a dime. Now, this is important to recognize brain function, brain development. We are born with a developing brain, but an underdeveloped brain. And in our first years of life, we don't have parietal and prefrontal lobe development kind of aced. It's not fully functioning. So the kids are taking in things emotionally. And so they have internalized shame about not being able to please the hijackal. They can make themselves into a pretzel. They can lie down and play dead. They can do all kinds of things. But the hijackal mood rules the day, right? So the child gets very confused. Then the child doesn't feel loved because the hijackal parent, except sometimes, wants the child to be fully compliant. And if the child misses the cues or misses the mood of the hijackal and doesn't do that, then the child is rejected or made wrong or made little or told that they don't deserve to have their feelings. Because hijackals create self-doubt in their kids. They're looking for validation that the hijackal withholds. It's a power game. And the feelings and the needs and the wants and preferences of the child are not acknowledged by the hijackal, except every now and again when they're reinforced and the child is given things that they don't even want, and then they're supposed to be happy then that they received them. You know that game, right? And the child gets recognition when the child agrees with the hijackal parent or makes the parent look good. So the child may not trust their own feelings or be sure who they are because it's all very confusing and it changes in the moment. And the child is taught to keep secrets. Our little thing. Let's not tell the other parent. 
wink, wink, nod, nod. And the child doesn't like that because the child has both parents' DNA and they don't want to be pitted against the other parent. They want the love and appreciation and ability to go to either parent safely. It's very, very difficult. And one big last thing about hijackal parents, the child learns that they cannot outshine the parent. And if the child does that in order to get an acknowledgement from the hijackal parent, and they look good, especially in later life, they outshine the hijackal parent, then there's going to be problems. It's fine to make me look good, the hijackal parent says, but do not do it better than I do. So the child seeks external validation and they cannot validate themselves and that becomes a big problem because the hijackal is never accountable for their mistakes. So the child always believes that they are to blame. So what can you do? First of all, as I said, be clear about who you are. Know what you value. With my clients, I do a value shuffle exercise. Know what you value. It takes a while. It doesn't just roll off the top of your head. You have to deeply think about it and then live from those values. And then even though you, in relationship with this other hijackal parent, are not getting any empathy or love or acknowledgement, appreciation, approval, acceptance, you have to provide empathy for your child, to demonstrate empathy. You have to provide a safe haven that the child can come to, not where you badmouth the hijackal parent, but where you allow the child to have his or her own feelings, a safe haven where they can be heard, a safe haven where they can talk about their pain and their confusion, a safe place to talk where you will listen non-judgmentally, but be very present for them, and a place where they can express their feelings. And sometimes children with hijackal parents will act out with the other parent. They'll do outrageous things because they don't have words for their rage. They don't think they should have this rage and it will escape them in unacceptable ways. But very important to realize what's going on. And then you can lead them to set some boundaries yourself. This behavior doesn't fly, but I understand how upset you are. We have to stay within the bounds of behavior that's acceptable here in our family to me. And then you train the child to learn that. Always let the child know that he or she is worthy and loved and allowed to have feelings. The hijackal doesn't want the child to have any feelings except gratitude that the hijackal exists in their life and that the hijackal occasionally gives them something which is always with strings. So it's important that you be the one who allows the child to know that they are allowed to have those feelings and that you'll listen to them and you'll help them sift and sort them. And that their worth doesn't depend on keeping the hijackal happy. Their worth doesn't depend on being compliant with the hijackal. Now, I'm not saying mutiny. I'm not suggesting that you tell the child, well, just don't do what the hijackal wants you to do. No, there's far more finesse in this than that. But you have to support the child 
You have to support the child and their feelings. You have to give them an opportunity to talk things through, to give them an, a safe place to say how unhappy they are or how, un, how confused they are. And help the child to learn to operate authentically themselves over time and how to express themselves appropriately in any company. Now, when a child expresses their feelings to a hijackal parent, the hijackal parent, not being the author of those feelings, rejects them. Haven't we all heard some parent at some time, hijackal or not, say, what are you crying for? You stop that right now. If you're going to cry... I'll give you something to cry about. Well, with hijackals, the hijackal parent wants to be the author of your pain. They want to be the author of your happiness. In fact, they want to be the author of everything because they want the child to be a reflection of themselves at the moment. And that is very, very difficult. So when you are a good listening ear for your child, right from an early age, you're not ever making the hijackal wrong, but you use the personal report to validate what the child is feeling. Oh, that sounds really hard. I know you're sad about that. That is difficult. I would be upset too. You know, to be able to affirm what the child is going through without making the other wrong. There will come a time when you're affirming what the child sees in the hijackal parent. You know, they're mean. Sometimes people are mean. That sounds like it was mean. You just affirm that. You don't make it wrong. You affirm what the child is going through. And help the child know that it's okay to have their own values and their own thoughts, their own feelings, their own preferences, and live by them. You know, there's a lot of reactivity when children are raised by hijackals because there's so much volatility in the relationship. The children don't know who to pattern themselves after in order to get validation that they deserve to breathe and take up space on the earth. So you need to help the child by doing all the things I've said so far, but to say, oh, yes, that's really important to you. I can see why you're upset. Or, oh, that's really important to you, and I can see why you want to do that. Let's see if we can find a way for that to happen. Give the child support for what I call appropriate autonomy, age-appropriate autonomy, that they can have those feelings, that they can do something with them, that they have the right to speak about that. Now, you can see that I'm definitely erring on the side of caution. I don't want to incite a hijackal. I don't want you to divide the family by saying to the child, oh, I know the hijackal parent is a mess, but we're okay. That will never work for you because the hijackal then will up the ante and both you and the child and other children in the home will all feel the effects of that, and that's often not good. Always remind yourself that the child and re remind the child that they have no need to be perfect. You don't have a need to be perfect. The child doesn't have a need to be perfect. And nobody needs to grovel for scraps of validation from other people. That is not a healthy direction. So when you are supporting your child, recognize that I know you did what you thought was right. And your other parent 
didn't see that. That's sad. And get under the feeling with them. This is important validation that you can provide because the hijackal parent is only going to validate the child when the child agrees with them, makes them look good. That's it. Agree with them, make them look good. So you need to help your child see their own intrinsic value, regardless of whether they're accepted or approved of by the hijackal. Regardless of whether the hijackal thinks the child has value, because the child only has value when they're making the hijackal look good and feel good and agreeing with them. So you've got lots of room to affirm the child of their value outside of the sphere of the hijackal. And the older the child gets, the more you can do that. Validate them for who they are, for their exploration, even in their uncertainty of how they feel or how they should approach life. You can validate the fact that it's difficult. Let's figure it out together. And you can be their support person. I don't know if you know the work of Shahida Arabi, but she's written a lot about hijackal kinds of people, although she doesn't call them that. She works mainly in the field of narcissism. But she wrote a piece called Five Damaging Lies We Learn from Narc Parents. And in there, she wrote this little bit. She said, It's not uncommon for these types of parents to attempt to sabotage the success and happiness of their children If that success interferes at all with their grandiose self-image, their own ideas of what happiness should entail, and that's usually whatever makes them look good rather than what makes their children feel good, or their compulsion to micromanage and control every facet of their children's lives. In the sick mind of the narcissistic parent, it would be better if their children did not exist rather than unable to do their bidding and perform the identity that the parent wishes their children to embody or achieves the exact goals they want their children to achieve. Even if they were the perfect daughters or sons, the goalposts would again shift and their level of perfection would never be good enough in the eyes of the narcissistic parent. So very, very important stuff. You know, you could also look up my article online. It's called um, 12 Lies Your Narcissistic Mother Told You About Who You Are. I'll put that in the show notes, a link to that for you. So the child believes that their responsibility, remember they got this belief when they were little, before they had rational linear thought, before there was parietal and prefrontal lobe development, that they are supposed to make the hijackal feel good. They are supposed to do certain things that have nothing to do with who they want to be in order to keep a hijackal happy. You know that because you're you're in relationship with them yourself. And you had to do the same thing. That whole thing about when I say jump, you say how high. That's a hijackal thing. You've learned it. The child learns it. All your children learn it. They respond to it in different ways. So hijackal parents pit kids against each other with power games. And they'll pit the other parent against two. You know that. You've heard that. 
you know, we talk about alienating. There you have it. It happens. And I'll talk more another episode about how hijackal kids in a family are treated differently and what's up with all that and what you can do about it. Because you need to help the child recognize the hijackal pattern of, oh, come closer. Now, go away. That's very confusing to a child. Very confusing. And they play that game throughout the child's life. Be who I want you to be in this moment, and you're going to have to guess because I'm not going to tell you. And then when you don't do it, go away. I don't like you, and I never liked you. The all or nothing thinking piece. I hope you've listened to other episodes so that some of the words that I use are familiar to you. But hijackals engage in all or nothing thinking. In one minute, you are the best thing that ever happened to them. They're delighted you're there. The next thing, you maybe look at them sideways and you are the scum of the earth. They don't know why they bother and they wish you'd go away. Now, translate that into child with an undeveloped brain. The child is very, very confused. So emotions are going to win in the beginning and the child believes that they're not good enough. They'll never be good enough. And they try very hard to get the positive attention of the hijackal. So the hijackal is going to idealize the child just like they do to you as an adult and then devalue, idealize, devalue, come closer, go away. You're wonderful. You're nothing. I'm so glad I had you. I wish I'd never had kids. All or nothing thinking, idealize and devalue. It's a power game. Again, this is the place where you have to learn to use the personal weather report. Go grab a downloadable copy or buy a print copy of Kaizen for Couples. Study the book. All of the communication skills are there. Honestly, learning to deliver and receive a personal weather report successfully, mastering that skill will make a difference to your life at home, at work, with your parents, with the community. You will feel better. Honestly, it works. So teach the child be with the child, affirm the child, be present for the child, help the child recognize that their desire to idealize and run after the approval of the hijackal is delighting the hijackal because they can then reject the child. Find a way to put that into words that are age appropriate for the child so the child doesn't think that they're defective. So the child doesn't think that they have something terribly wrong with them. So many things to talk about. So many approaches. These are general for you. I hope they're helpful. I know that it's unfair that you have to parent in this way. That you have to make up for deficits that are being handed to your child repeatedly. No matter how old the child is. You know, you may have adult children and they're still being treated badly. But if you catch this quick when they're young and you can provide this, whatever age they are right now, understand that the hijackal is responsible for their behaviors. You are not, of course, uh, responsible for the hijackal behaviors, even though, of course, the hijackal will, will blame you for them. But it's very important that you see what's possible and that you continue to recognize that you have some power in this situation, that you can go on and forward. You have something that you can say, a way to support the child. You did not do to the child what the hijackal parent did, but you can be the parent who says, 
it's fine. You can say what you see. You can say what you feel. You can say what you want with me. And you will be the affirming parent. And this is very important. If you have questions about this, you know that I offer uh, your first introductory hour with me for only $97. Go to beaclient.com. Let's talk because every situation is different. But I just wanted to give you some general ideas of how you can help your child, how you can support your child when they have to deal with a hijackal parent on a regular basis. We'll also talk in another episode of what to do when you're co-parenting and the child goes to the hijackal's home and you have no idea what happened over there. You don't know what was said or what was done <clears throat> and how to deal with that when the child comes home. So many things to talk about. But until we talk again, you know what I'm going to say because I say it every single episode. Treat yourself well. Recently, I did a Facebook Live with Pernilla Lillarose, and we were talking about self-care and all the elements of self-care, and that included emotional self-care. Go to my YouTube channel, 4FOR, Relationship Help, H-E-L-P. Listen to that episode. Really understand what true self-care is and make sure that you're practicing that too. So until we speak again, take very good care of yourself because you're precious and you matter. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.